coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Mega Man 11 producer says he doesn't like those slippery ice platforms. Newsflash, no one does. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellis, joined as always by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you tonight. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including some third-party support on Switch and the Global Splatfest coming to Splatoon 2. Then on Thursday, come back for that because we are going to be ranking all the console Mario games. Ooh. I expect blood, Mark. Uh, how you doing, Mark? In, I'm doing, uh, before, uh, before blood, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I realized today that my car is a little... Uh, I guess I would say like dangerously dirty. Mm. The back window is a little too caked in dirt. Yeah. Um, and it, it, did it cause uh, visibility problems? Why, why is it dangerous? Well, it's a little bit dangerous when it gets dark because uh-huh. you know, like the li- it like limits the already limited visibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, my car in general desperately needs to be washed, but I think we're gonna get rain in the next day or two here. I don't know what that means if it means like a light sprinkle, in which case my car will just get dirtier. Right. Or if it means like a cleansing. Sure. If we're going to get like a uh, Magnolia style downpour into frogs. Yes. Spoilers for Magnolia, I guess. <laughs> um, man, that would that would be the dirtiest your car would ever be after a downpouring of frogs. Yeah, that'd be no good. Because like there's dirt on your car now. But right. But there's currently no frog guts. Nah. Um, weather right now... Neither rain nor frog guts. Nope. Uh, pleasant. <laughs> pleasant, a little on the cloudy side. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, it's actually been really hazy this weekend. I feel like visibility has been poor. Yeah, and and previously we've been, you know, we're always like couching it in terms like, but we know the weather's worse elsewhere, so we're not complaining. Do you know what? Today I'm complaining. Yeah, complain about it, Mark. Haze gross. Who needs it? Haze gross. And who needs it? I agree with all of those statements. Um, our guest weather today is from Charlotte, North Carolina, which uh, it looks like they're not getting the total brunt of the um, nightmare winter that the rest of the world is getting right now, or the rest of the country, I suppose. Um, looks to be about 30 degrees and cloudy, maybe some rain overnight. Um or rain this week. Yeah, they're in like the upper 60s. They're doing fine. Yeah, they'll be, look, you could go to the beach at the 60s, right? Could you go to the beach at 60s? I mean, I'm wearing to. a coat when it drops below 70. That's a great But that's because I'm weak. Also, I'm never going to the beach. <laughs> um, the reason that we are talking about Charlotte, of course, is because my copy of Sonic Forces is uh, currently there. Uh, I uh, sent it there earlier. So uh, big ups to our listeners. Yeah, the biggest of ups. The biggest of ups uh, to our listeners in Charlotte and uh, to our uh, listener who is playing Sonic Forces right now. If you would like to be the next person or the next, 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 there's a little bit of a list. If you would like to be one of the next people to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, all you have to do is send your address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com, and I will send it to you. You are under no obligation to play it or enjoy it or anything. Play the game for a little bit, send it back. Well, and then, Patrick, how do they get it back to you? Uh, here's the thing. I send along a, a, a self-addressed and stamped envelope. You just put the game in the envelope, drop it in the mail, or give it to your mail carrier, and it'll come back to me. So you're telling me that if I want to play Sonic Forces, mm-hmm. 
All I have to do is send an email. All you have to do is send an email. With my mailing address. That's right. To Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. And be a little patient because there is a, a small list at this point. But look, this is the way to play this game. You'll feel like you're part of a community of people who are sort of you know, dismissing this game for the most part. But taking the opportunity to play it for like 20 minutes or whatever. Or, or as long as you want. If someone borrows this game and beats it, I would love that. If someone like played this game and it changed their lives and they love it, That'd be amazing, That'd right? be amazing. Oh, man. All right. Uh, Mark, let's get into uh, what we've been playing this week. Mark, I continue to play Blossom Tales, The Sleeping King. Um, I'm trying not to mainline it. Like, I, I, I feel like I could just sit and play it forever um this is a game that is uh you know very much like a, a top-down um zelda clone um link to the past-esque link to the past-esque um i would say that the graphical style is more reminiscent of like 8-bit mm, um it's, okay. it's almost like if link to the past were an 8-bit game oh interesting but you know it's that like modern 8-bit where you're like you, it, you can it's tell. pixel art. It's, it's pixel art, yeah. exactly. It's sprite-based, and all the sprites are 8-bit, but like there are some like kind of sophisticated particle effects and stuff. Um, but I continue to play and really enjoy that game. One of the things I really like about it, um, and I mentioned this last time, that it, uh, is, um, it's based on like a grandfather telling a story to his grandkids. Um, and so you know that means that sometimes while you're playing the game, it will present you options of like, I think she's fighting this, I think she's fighting this, and you choose which one you want to fight. But it also means that every time you turn the game on, um, the grandfather like catches you up to like where you are, where you were heading, um, in just like a sentence or two. And it's very handy. Um, like if I were playing Link to the Past right now, I would love for it to be like, you were just collecting heart pieces in this corner, but like you have to get over to this. It would, be, it would be very nice. Yeah, that sounds like a really thoughtful feature. Mm -hmm. It's been good. Uh, what, what have you been playing this week? So just a little bit of Floor Kids. Mm -hmm. um, still making my way through that. I'm still, like, I'm really enjoying it. Not great at this game. Getting mostly, like, three and four crowns. Yeah. Really, yeah. really hard for me to get that, uh, those, like, five crowns. I, I think I was only able to get uh, five crowns in the, the first, like, world. Um, and then after that, it got, like, two. Oh, also, I was drinking more <laughs> as I got later into the game. Um, but yeah, man, what what a what a cool game. Well, and the game is pretty forgiving, like because you only have to uh complete a track with three crowns in order for you to unlock another piece yeah. of like another uh uh breakdancer. But I still have a lot to go. Yeah. But yeah, just super enjoying that game. Do you find yourself playing as one dancer over and over again or do you like cycle between them? So, I am definitely not like the best at this game because yeah. I cycle I pretty much like cycle through the ones that I have available and uh I it's a little bit to your detriment, right? right because well, they all all of their moves are named different things. Yeah, yes. They're all their moves are named different things. And also, uh they have different stats. So like mm -hmm. some of them are supposed to be, you know, better at floor moves or freezes or something like that. Yeah. And I play them all pretty much the same. Oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm I'm not really being super uh intricate. Yeah, or super thoughtful about, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I should be doing more floor moves with this person. Right, because they have a greater strength in it. I actually don't really entirely understand what that, 
how, like how that comes into play. I wonder if it's like just their aptitude. I guess I I don't actually know either, but I wonder if it's just that like whenever you're it's not calling out for you to do a combo that you should just be defaulting to doing those moves. Oh, like maybe you just score more on those yeah, or something. Yeah. Um but yeah, when you like try a character for the first time and the game starts calling out a combo, you're like, I don't know what that <laughs> Right. <laughs> I don't know what like pick up slide is. I don't know what that means. But it's like fun to experiment. Yes, like it's absolutely. not like it's not like a roadblock to enjoying the game. It's part of its re- replayability, but it seems it does seem like it would be better to you know, experiment with the different dancers but find the one that you kind of like work with the best yeah i mean i i haven't revisited the game since i uh my first little like session with it um but when slash if i go back to it i think i am going to just like pick a dancer and just go through all of it because then you you feel like you've got a little bit more agency Uh, yeah but also like you're uh unlocking all these new dancers that yeah and they all look so cool and they might actually like fit your play style better you know, so that's why that's what I feel like the danger is of just being like, no, this is my dancer and I'm not going to experiment is you might actually find one that it is better to play with for, that for my play style. Which character has the highest panic level? Because <laughs> I feel like that's how I play. <laughs> uh, speaking of panic, I have been playing a little bit of Ultra Street Fighter 2. Um, which, you know, is a, a switch game from like May or something. Um, been out for a good long time, uh, but it is part of my uh, getting back into fighting games uh, goal that I that that is one of the games that I I want to get back into. I spent a little time um, messing around with the um, like uh, you can like set different color palettes for the characters, um, which is good, stupid fun. Uh, but I also went online and just um, played against some people who are. Let me tell you. Playing online ranked matches against people on the Switch versus uh, playing on PlayStation 4 and like Street Fighter 5. Totally different worlds. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I was cleaning up on huh. Ultra Street Fighter. Um, I, I played maybe uh, like a dozen matches. I think I lost one. Um, and, you know, with uh, just sort of picking whatever, like I wasn't do you think it's really working on it. Familiarity with Street Fighter 2, or do you think it's like, that the audience on the Switch that's playing this game is more of like the everyman. Yes, I think it's the 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 latter. Um, I mean, yes, I am very familiar with uh, Street Fighter Two, um, but I'm not uh, I'm not super tight on um, this specific version of the game. Uh, probably just Vanilla Street Fighter Two is my um, my jam. That's the one that I understand backwards and forwards. Um, so I, I but I think it is mostly that the other people who are playing on Switch are people that remember street fighter 2 and picked it up as like another game to round you know round out their uh their collection i mean especially the people who are playing it now um maybe at launch it was a little bit a little bit more competitive um but uh you know a a fine ego boost i would say (laughs) uh for me to just like hop in there and and do that well and if somebody was interested in these goals so-called goals sorry resolutions uh we did a whole episode about it last week you should go check it out it's called 2018 resolutions uh one of mine is to get back into fighting games in in a real way what are our other goals resolutions for the year we're not going to tell you oh go listen we're so cruel uh you want to talk about new releases this week yeah let's Let's talk about new releases this week New release-wise, seemingly nothing coming out today, Tuesday, January 9th. 
That's right. Who knows? Who knows? That could change. Um, but on Thursday, a bunch of games dropping on the Switch eShop. You have The Escapist 2, uh, Super Meat Boy. Oh, man. I'm so excited about Super Meat Boy. A game that you were lobbying me fairly hard. Yeah, over the weekend. Over the weekend. Yeah. Um, I discovered that there are some new features in this version of Super Meat Boy, including a like two-player uh, challenge race mode, like a split screen. Two people together can just can play either like individual levels against each other in like a, a racing fashion, or the whole game you can race against another player. Um, and that uh, could be done by uh, throwing the switch down, ripping the Joy-Cons off, and each person gets to, gets to play. I, I'm, I'm very excited. That fa- sounds so game. violent. Throwing the switch down, <laughs> no, ripping, ripping the Joy-Cons off. I'm trying to be consistent with uh, the imagery of Meat Boy. <laughs> um, and then on Friday on the Switch eShop is Asken 2, The World Beneath. And as far as I know, that's pretty much uh, everything that's hitting the switch this week uh is there anything on here that you're i know i i lobbied you pretty hard for um super meat boy you mentioned the escapist too that game looks kind of cute and interesting right yeah it's like a co-op heist kind of game um i don't i feel like i don't know enough about it Mm, yes Uh, or has it come out on other platforms i should do a little research but that's uh, a great question is i i thought is it it a first on switch thing yeah who knows who knows we don't we don't (laughs) Somebody presumably does. Uh, all right. And we, we assume that we're going to be hearing a lot more about a lot of other new releases in, in the coming days. Uh, you know what? Let, let's actually save that talk for uh, la- later in the episode um, and get out of the new releases right now. It's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, this is your topic. We're going to be talking about the Flintstones versus the Jetsons. And first, I know what you're going to ask. And we will get there, but first I want to know. Yes. Did you watch these like Hanna Barbera cartoons growing up? And Ab- if you yes, did, absolutely. Did you have a preference? Uh, I think I had a preference for the Flintstones because there was more of it. Um, and it, I think it was just on on more. Maybe there isn't even more of it. That may just be my perception of it as a child who was watching cartoons. Yeah. No. I I definitely think it was more uh plentiful. Mm-hmm. Like the Flintstones. Yeah, it was always on. I mean, and the Flintstones is just a more successful franchise, right? Like, it had those, uh, at least one big live-action movie. I guess two, right? Like, Viva Rock Vegas saw a theatrical <laughs> release. I don't think there's ever been a live-action Jetsons movie, right? A small mark saw Viva Rock Vegas in theaters, yeah. for sure, yeah. I saw the first Flintstones movie in uh, in theaters. Oh, yeah, we definitely saw that yeah. as well. Um, and I know there was a uh, a, a Jetsons uh theatrical theatrically released animated movie um that i have seen a million times uh a couple months ago um we found it on like amazon or something uh and uh, like sarah put it on and i was like reciting some of the lines with the characters and she was like why do you know this movie (laughs) there's no real answer for that they both have great theme songs yeah yeah both like iconic theme songs Mm -hmm. i think uh, so w- would you say, uh, are you more of a, a Jetsons guy or a Flintstones guy? I guess I would say that, yeah, probably the same thing, where I'm definitely more familiar with the Flintstones 
uh, but watched a fair amount of the Jetsons as well. The thing that's weird is that like now both you and I, uh, you know, we're if if we if there are only two genres in the world and the two genres are science fiction and caveman, <laughs> <laughs> we were obviously bigger fans of uh, science fiction stuff, right? Yeah, but like the, the Jetsons is a weird sort of, I guess, science fiction. If you want, I don't know. It's not a very appealing science fiction world. Sure, that it's a very like uh hum like uh. Uh, it's very like Monsanto hmm. House of the House of Plastic. Yeah, you know, it's all very. It's got that kind of like retro futurism. Um, it's almost like a like Black Mirror if it weren't if it didn't have like a negative outlook on itself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like George Jetson's job is he works for like forty five minutes a day or something like that, and all he does is push a button, um, and then he goes home. But like he's still, that's still like his job, and that's still the thing that like bums him out. You yeah. Know? Um. Yeah, so it's it's not super appealing. He doesn't fight aliens. He doesn't travel through time or anything. At least as far as far as I remember. <laughs> what were the stories like on the Jetsons? They're just normal. Uh, like Judy, you know, wants to go to a dance, and yeah. her parents don't want her to, but she sneaks out. So I guess that's a thing: is that the Jetsons was more of a family show, yeah? Right? Because the, the the family is is a family, whereas for the majority of the Flintstones, they're just a couple. And then they have a baby, or they're two couples, I guess. Right, and is Pebbles, but Pebbles wasn't in original Flintstones, right? No. She was like a later She was a later edition, yeah. Yeah, and I, like Bam Bam. Also, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, we should get to the topic that the name implies. You think the inevitable. A Flintstones versus Jetsons, as in, if the two worlds were to fight each other. Right. Now, the two worlds have come in contact in the Flintstones meet the Jetsons. Yes, but not in an antagonistic sort of way. Right. Not in an all-out war. I see. So, it's just a it's just a battle. Now, is this between just the, like, four principal characters on each side? Or is it, like... The entirety of their world. To keep it fair, right? We'll do the four like main characters. I think no matter what, the Jetsons are going to be better armed than the Flintstones. So right? I think they might be better armed, but I think that like the Jetsons, kind of their whole like futuristic thing is that they're kind of boobs. Yeah, you know, like they're like technology exists, but we're bad at using it. Right. Uh, Oh geez, I think this is the end. Oh, is this the? (laughs) This is one that ends in talking. I guess. I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never know who would win that battle. Uh, We were accompanied today by pianist David Tudor. Um, Mark, let's get into the news. What do you say? So, Level Five, developer of series like Professor Layton and Yokai Watch, and a bunch of other ones. Right, Uh, Nino Kuni. Yes, yeah. So they haven't released any games on Switch so far, but in an interview with the Japanese site 4Gamer, uh, Level 5 CEO Akihiro Hino said that that will be changing this year. Mm. So he mentioned some already announced games coming to other platforms, such as Inazuma 11 Ares and Ninokumi 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also said that the company will be putting their power into Switch in 2018. Putting their power into I Switch? I think that's the literal translation. I mean, it's always a weird thing when interviewing these uh, Japanese developers that, like, um, language barriers are hard. Uh, and some, you know, putting their power into Switch may sound uh, crazy to us, but that <laughs> could just be, like, a regular turn of phrase for them. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, 
What are you thinking here, Mark? Potentially interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, Level 5 is one of those developers that, I don't know, they seem to make a lot of stuff that is very successful in Japan. But yes. I think the only game that I have played developed by them is the Professor Layton series. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, we both, like, played uh, the demo of Yokai Watch Yeah, too. which seems super cute. It seems super it cute, like but Pokemon it's all- light. Right. It's obviously for kids, though. Um, and we are not kids, we are men, uh, and so the game did not speak to us, really. Um, but, uh, I, I always, uh, thought that Nino Kuni looked interesting. Um, it's like a, it's a, a, a JRPG that, um, looks, or it was, uh, it's the part of the visuals are, um, done by, uh... Studio Ghibli? Yeah, Studio Ghibli. Well, yeah, the, uh, the first game was made in collaboration with them. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the second game... They are not uh, involved with, though. Although I think it keeps the same sort of like aesthetics, right? I don't and, know. And you would think that they learned something from that too, right? right? Level five is I. I what was that like? Uh, was it a PS3 RPG, like something of the White Witch? That was... that's Nino Kuni. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of. I feel like there was another the White Witch. Yeah. There was another level five RPG that was made for the PS in like the PS3 era that came out and just like didn't really hit. And I feel like that's a lot of level five stuff sure. where it's it's well done, but you but it's just like that much off yeah, sure. from being like really good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll see if um you know whatever they bring to the switch, if it's because this could just be oh yeah, we're bringing a yokai watch, we're bringing yokai watch four to the switch. Yeah, we're bringing a Professor Layton game. Yeah, which would be pretty. I mean, that would if it were a latent game maybe that would like appear on our radars at all um but like if it's another yokai watch it will it'll we'll be sitting that one out probably yeah. nintendo is releasing the neon green and neon pink joy cons in north america officially Yay. so th- uh you were able to get them with the splatoon 2 bundle but they've mm-hmm. never been released by themselves here even though- and they finally are going to be an interesting fact is that in Europe and Japan and the Splatoon 2 bundle, the pink Joy-Con is on the right and green is on the left. These new standalone Joy-Cons that uh, Nintendo of America is releasing are reversed. Mm. So it's possible to get a full pink or a full green set if you find someone willing to swap or you're a billionaire can just buy other regions. Right. <laughs> Joy-Cons. Uh, and they're not selling like the individual of the... You know what? I've never actually gone Joy-Con shopping. Um, I only have the gray pair that came with my Switch. Are you in that same boat? Or yeah, I am, other? yeah. Um, so, like, but they sell individual, like, just left Joy-Con and just right Joy-Con, Yeah, right? I feel like you don't see that very often, though. Yeah. I feel like when I go to Best Buy or I'm in a Best Buy and I see the Switch it's all, or the Joy-Con, it's always, like, the bundles. Yeah. But maybe that's just a um, stock issue yeah yeah because it does make sense that they would sell them individually just in case like one broke but the other one didn't yeah or like if you just had like one more kid that, need- <laughs> that yeah. needed yeah oh yeah control. also true yeah I, but i i don't think that they sell i could be wrong i like you said i haven't really looked but i don't think that they sell these uh um like colored ones right separately I right they're they always come in bundles yeah um but no, I used what, to be, What do you think? Do you think you would ever ever go for one? I mean, I used to be super excited about getting d- new Joy-Con, but they're just so expensive, and yeah. I haven't found a need for them yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because a, a, a new pair is, what, 70, 80 bucks? 80 bucks. That's, 
yeah, that's a that's a that's a little bit. That's some cash. Um, you know, like you could buy a bunch of indie games. Yeah. Or a full uh, $60 game and it's season pass. But I think eventually there is going to be a set of Joy-Con that break me. What do you think that would be? Oh, man. I don't know. If they did like a uh, like Super Famicom. Oh, yeah. Or even just like a regular um, like NES. Uh, yeah. Like that. that would, One of those. That would, that, would, that would totally. Or if they did a, uh, a like GameCube um, controller looking one oh, for it's like, like Smash. Per- Oh, as in like it had like the buttons of a joy. If yeah, if oh they yeah, laid it out, I would like, definitely. Yeah, I'd be there and get a something heartbeat. like that. That'd be crazy if they did. I know that like when the switch was announced, that was one of like the fan mockups where yeah. it's like they could do all kinds of different controller c- configurations. It would be legit bonkers if they did a GameCube one, but it'd be perfect for Smash. It would be perfect for Smash. Um, it is interesting that we have that we haven't seen any. Uh, like in in its first year, the Switch hasn't shown us any like weird peripherals of of any kind. Um, it's just been like the controllers that come with it and the the uh Pro controller. And that's it. And I mean that does seem like on message with how Nintendo's been presenting the Switch even from the first time we saw it. Sure. Which is like less that this is a fun toy that everybody can play together, and more that this is a sleek gaming machine. That everybody can play together. I just, I just want to be able to pop my Joy Cons into a tennis racket, <laughs> play Wii Sports. I actually, I'm sure that's possible. <laughs> um, I guess they do have the uh, Mario Kart wheels that you can pop the yeah, uh, the yeah. Joy Con into. Last week, Nintendo of America announced that the Switch has sold 4.8 million units in the U.S. since launch. That makes it the fastest selling Nintendo console ever, outselling the Wii in the same time frame. Does that sound? uh low to you i mean i know we're talking about just in the u.s um and obviously that the the statement is that makes it the fastest selling um but like just knowing what we know about how many units like the playstation 4 is sold it's it's up to like 70 million or something at this point but that's also over what five years yeah Yeah. like five five years versus uh, and ten I, months. I guess that's also worldwide versus uh, just the U.S. So I, I see where like the slices get smaller and smaller. Um, it ju- it's just surprising to me that that's the number of four point eight million is what it takes for it to be the the fastest selling or sell the most selling console on its first ten months out or whatever. Well, especially when you consider like you know how many iPhones Apple ships in a single weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying it seems low. Yeah, compared to like some of the huge numbers we hear from other uh, areas of like consumer electronics, it is pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, when you c- compare it to other gaming consoles, you realize how. I mean, again, like there's been what one or two gaming consoles in the history of gaming consoles that have shipped over a hundred million units. Yeah. Again, Apple ships that in like a weekend right. when for, new iPhones, iPhones are released. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's pretty it's interesting that the success that the switch has found yeah you know with a totally different like buzz than the we had which is all about blue ocean and getting like as many like grandmas to play as possible right right that was like the kind of the the uh image people had in their head about the Wii. right and for the switch which is considered i would say more just like a 
traditional gaming console. You can say hardcore if you want. <laughs> I don't. I don't want. I reject that. I do that. not want. I reject that terminology. We need, we need a new word. We need new words. Yeah, because look, look, look. We're playing video games. We're not cool for playing video games. <laughs> oh, no. No one's hardcore. <laughs> Uh, an interesting thing is that in the press release announcing the milestone, Nintendo also mentioned that, quote, fans can also expect continued support from major publishers such as EA, Activision, Ubisoft, Capcom, Sega, Take-Two, and Bethesda, end quote, meaning, like, it heading into 2018. Right. So, we know EA is releasing Fae? Is that how you say it? Sure. Fa? I don't think Fa. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's either Faye or Fe. Oh, okay, guess. sure. Yeah, I'm going to go with Faye. Okay. I'm putting my chips on Faye. Okay. Um, chips on Faye. So, we know EA is releasing Faye. Bethesda has Wolfenstein 2 announced. Ubisoft still has is still threatening Steep at some point. Yeah, right. And uh, that Starlink Battle of Atlantis game that was announced at E3. Take 2 could release sports games again. And, you know, uh, and then... But there's all these question marks out there. Yes. Like, Bethesda has teased future Switch support, and it seems like Doom and uh, Skyrim have performed well for them. Right. I think people are expecting uh, GTA V, Grand Theft Auto V, to um, come to the platform at some right, point, Right, take two. That right. seems like, that's like a rumor that's been out there. It seems like, I, I guess it is a, a last-generation game. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we saw how L.A. Noir. I guess it ran okay on Switch. Yeah, it ran. I mean, it ran pretty good. Better than like the uh, not as good as the um, the like reissues on uh, sure. PS4 and Xbox One, but better than it was on uh, PS3. And... It doesn't seem impossible that GTA yeah. Five could come. Uh, Ubisoft has said that you know they're working on more Switch games. It would not surprise me at all if eventually we get a Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle Two. Mm-hmm. And I guess the big question is. Capcom, and you know, some stuff has been announced from Capcom, but I guess Activision, we have no clue what Activision is working on for uh, Switch. What could that be? So Activision is also Blizzard, right? Right, but usually... So Overwatch they're... is coming to the Switch. <laughs> Breaking I, it here. I feel, like, I feel like usually they delineate the two, like which one, which yeah. part of the company they're talking about, mm-hmm. but who knows, you know? Uh, I have no idea. I have zero clue. Yeah. Call of Duty? I mean, Call of Duties have been on Nintendo platforms before. Uh, Treyarch, who I think is developing this year's Call of Duty, yeah. has, you know, de- usually been the one to do the Nintendo platform. So, yeah, it, it'll, it'll be very interesting to see what of that sort of, uh, you know, mainstream third-party stuff you know, like you said, uh, Ubisoft is on here. Like, will the next Assassin's Creed uh, have a version on Switch, or will they uh, just do? You know, um, during the like switchover between generations, there was a last generation Assassin's Creed that came out basically concurrently with the next generation one. Um, so, like, and they, you know, they did a uh, they did a Vita version. Um, so, like, are are we going to see an Assassin's Creed on this thing? Yeah. Well. And part of this is that, like we mentioned last week, there are strong rumors that there's going to be a Nintendo Direct this Thursday. Strong rumors. Uh, and so it's possible by the time this, <laughs> by the time this episode comes out, mm-hmm. that they'll have announced that. That's right. We are recording on Sunday, so uh, I sort of expect to hear something on Monday. Yeah, Monday or like Monday night, Tuesday. Yeah. 
um, amount, uh, announcing a uh, Thursday. Direct. If it turns out that the, thir- that the Thursday rumors are true, but rumors so are strong. So probably on Thursday, we'll get a little bit more insight mm-hmm. into third party support. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we won't. Maybe we won't. Maybe it'll just all be Nintendo stuff. Uh, Switch has also outsold the Wii U's lifetime sales in Japan already. There we go. Uh, Game Informer published a video where they uh, spoke with Mega Man 11 producer Kazuhiro uh, Tsuchiya about his work programming Mega Man 7 back in 1995. Turns out that the entire game was basically created in three months. Now, that's weird because uh, 7, that's the uh, Super Nintendo one. Um, and so the, the first 16-bit, or I guess, uh, would that have come out after X? Uh, I'm not sure if it came out, bef- if it was like, if it was after X, but, th- oh, no, no, I think it was. It was after X, but it didn't have any of like the niceties that X had, like the wall, right. you know, like. Um, right, it still played like. Um, so it was a traditional, yeah. Si- it was a 16 bit Mega Man game. Yeah, that's right. So Mega Man X came out December of 93. So that, yeah, uh, this would have been like two years later that um, Mega Man 7 came out. And it's, again, I'm not a huge uh, Mega Head. That's right. But I, I'm pretty sure Mega Man 7 is not super well regarded. It's not, I mean, it's, it's not. Uh, the. Uh, the kind of jewels of the Mega Man series are, you know, one through six, and then nine and ten. So, but also, but remarkable that they were able to put anything out in like three months. Yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, Suchia also divulged that he hates the sliding floors of ice levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about in the video how he always plays like uh, Iceman first to get it out of the way. To get it out of the way. Uh, um, I mean, that's legit. Like, that's one of those things that happens in video games that like you just sort of have to like deal with for a little it's uh i found the same thing about going to the moon in mario odyssey where it's like oh now my jumping physics are different where it's like i don't i don't like this i want, I, I want the game to function the same way except i liked the, it i liked the moon i feel like sliding floors are just like one of those genre platforming tropes yeah that we just accept as yeah. that's the way things are when I don't think it's all that fun. Does anybody love the ice levels the most? I mean, I guess that's what it has to come down to is like, who's like, all right, I'm going to be slipping around. Like, who who thinks it's, I get where it makes sense. Yeah, sure. And like where it can be like, oh, this will add a little bit more challenge. Fine. But it's not, it, it's never, it's never going to be more fun. Suchia says that he hates them so much. He wishes they could be, be removed from existence. Wow. <laughs> from existence. Yeah. All right. Well, you know. You're making Mega Man. <laughs> you have some power in this. Uh, somebody must. I, I. Should we make one of our million dollar bets? Do you think ice levels Ooh, with slippery this. floors will be in Mega Man 11? Uh, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I'm going to say yes, too. All right. Well, no. <laughs> All right. Well, we we'll... owe each other a million dollars. Perfect. Uh, the next Splatfest has been announced for Splatoon 2, and it's a global one. Global have Splatfest. Have we had one of these recently? We have not had a global Splatfest, I think, at all. I think all of the Splatfests have been reason spe- region specific at this point. Uh, for Splatoon 2. Yes. Yeah. Uh, players from around the world will rep teams either action or comedy. It starts uh, in the on Friday, January 12th at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Right. 
we are a uh, a U.S. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we can only express things in terms of uh, what time it's happening here. Um, action v comedy, Mark. What do you think? Oh, oof. Um, it's tough, right? Yeah, I think I think my heart belongs with action. Oh, I think we are then a a cast divided as. If I jump in at all, and let's be honest, I probably won't. Um, I'll be repping team comedy. Well, and I'll see you on the field. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you in hell. <laughs> uh, Target is running a buy one get one free deal for Wii U games. All the big Wii U games are included in this promotion, such as Breath of the Wild, Super Smash Brothers, Mario Kart 8, Super Mario 3D World, New Super Mario Brothers U, Tokyo, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Uh, what do we decide this was? Hash- sharp F-E. Sharp F-E, right, not mm-hmm. hashtag F-E. And both, or, num- uh, or number sign F-E. <laughs> and both pound sign F-E and both Zelda HD remakes. Yeah, among uh, a handful of others. So if you own a Wii U and you have not picked up these games, that seems like... Or actually, I guess if you're picking up like a Wii U secondhand or something. Yeah, I'm... I'm very happy with uh, my Wii U library. Um, there are a lot of games in it that I've played a lot of. Um, and I, I think it's, you know, unless everything just gets ported over to Switch in 2018, if that's what the Direct is. <laughs> um, I, I think there will that people are going to look back on the machine uh, with like, uh, yeah, it had that weird um, controller. Um, and, you know, the UI was clunky, but there were some baller games on it. Um, you know, like the like the Dreamcast or something. Uh, I think it'll be a well-remembered game or a well-remembered system uh, for that reason. Um, and so, you know, if you're looking to lock down some like last pieces of that library before, you know, we never talk about the Wii U again or wait 10 years to do it, um, this is a good time to uh, pick up those games. Can we really say the Tokyo Mirage Sessions hashtag Faye? is sharp fe <laughs> is one of like the big wii u games i th- i mean and donkey kong tropical freeze were leaving off this list i look i was typing and those <laughs> were the ones that caught my eye <laughs> moving on agdq is this week uh speed running to benefit the prevent cancer foundation it runs through early sunday morning i love this event i love uh every game's done quick and, and this is Awesome Games. Yes, quick. yeah, yeah. AGDQ is Awesome Games Stone Quick. Um, it, it includes a segment every year uh, called Awful Games Done Quick, Ooh. where people are speed running just really terrible like NES games. It's right. a lot of fun. Uh, and you know you'll always see someone like running Sonic 2006 or something. Uh, not even as part of like the awful games, <laughs> <laughs> just as a game to run. But you can check out uh, their website, website gamesdonequick.com, to see a full schedule and see when like a game you're interested in seeing sp- sp- speed run, speed run, your speed ran? when you're yes, speed ran. <laughs> Being speed run. <laughs> yes. And uh, and you can also donate there. And they have a lot of cool incentives for donations. It's a, I, I think it's awesome every year. Definitely worth checking out if you haven't done so. Uh, it, was there anything on here in particular that you wanted to check out? Uh, no, I like just having it on in, yeah, in the, background. the background while I'm like doing other stuff. Uh, it's like the Olympics that way. Sure, yes. You know, it's, it, I feel like no matter, there are always like, games that are more exciting to watch than others but anytime i turn it on it's uh yeah i just like having it on yeah it's like the olympics 
Um, there is a uh, a speed run of uh, Breath of the Wild with all the main quests being completed. Is that the last? That's is that the, the that's finale? The, that's the finale. Yeah, um, that starts at eight thirty three p.m. on um, Saturday night Pacific time. Pacific time. That's all we know. Um, so all main quests are going to be done. No amiibo under four hours. Oh, sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, sounds intense. Um, but you know that's what speedrunners do, so that that'll be super cool. I'm, uh, I, I will try to tune in for that one, and you know, like you say, just kind of keep it all on in the background. And that does it. Oh, that's it. That's uh, it. Uh, all right, then. <laughs> Sorry about that. Let's. <laughs> I, I, I can get us out of the news, Mark. I can get us out of here. And that's just about going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Um, if you could take a second to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, that would be lovely. That uh, helps out our visibility a ton. Yeah, thank you so much to everybody who has already reviewed. We've had a couple of new reviews the past couple of weeks. We really appreciate it. It helps us out a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if uh, you would like to follow us on Twitter, we're there, at Nincart Society. And we're also on Facebook. The page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Um, and if you ever want to contribute to uh, this show uh, with Ask Us Any Kind of Questions, just like Jason did, you can write in to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Jason wrote in and asked, in your opinion, what's more likely, Super Mario Odyssey DLC or Super Mario Odyssey sequel? Thanks, Jason. Uh, I, I think Super Mario Odyssey sequel. You is, think sequel is over, more likely. Over DLC? Um, what makes you think, what makes you, just because we haven't heard anything about DLC yet? Yeah, it seems like what Nintendo has done recently with their games, I think all of them in the Switch era that have, that's right, it's an era now, that mm-hmm. have, it's been d- 10 months, that have DLC, is they like announce it beforehand, mm-hmm. and there's a season pass for it, and you know what's going to be in the DLC. Uh, Also, Odyssey just seems like a complete package. Yeah, they could always do more kingdoms, but it yeah. feels like a... Uh, Galaxy Galaxy 2 situation to me where it's like I'm sure they have a ton of ideas yeah and those especially since we're so early in the generation could go into an Odyssey 2 yeah I also think that we're going to see more you know uh, where um, Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey are like these huge games um, I think as the as the 3DS library and the development for 3DS games sort of like peters out, that they will find ways to bring the sort of uh, that $40 price point of game to Switch. And I wonder if that will take the form of like, you know, here is a a Mario Odyssey-like game that um, is more based on like the the 2D sections, you know, Um, or, you know, taking what they already have and like doing like uh kind of sideways sequels like captain to captain, like captain toad, toad. yeah captain toad in it um or or something like that like i i honestly don't know if we'll if we'll see a either um a straight up sequel or a um or dlc for mario odyssey we may see something that's a little bit more of a sideways thing or like a collection of things like what we see in in odyssey yeah, it's, it, I mean, you know, with a Nintendo, it's really hard to know, but I will be very surprised if, if there's DLC. Yeah, it Super just, it, it seems like we, we would already know about it. And you know what? We could all be proven wrong on uh, Thursday at this Direct, which may or may not happen. <laughs> right, we, we might be, be proven, proven wrong. wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but see, it's that easy. You can write in with a question and we'll discuss it 
just like that, you can write in to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. If you like Mark and mine's opinions about things that aren't just Nintendo, we write about comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can check out more of his music by going to apeatbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thanks for listening. Network.